0: Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I am your host, Lucas Berry. Joining me from Morgantown, West Virginia, the one, the only, Darren Shrewsbury Jr. Darren, how are you today?
1: Doing all right. Got my Duncan. I'm ready to go.
0: He is ready to go, everyone. He is ready to go. We're ready to go, too. But first, I'd like to point out that this show is dedicated to my mom, Lisa Berry, who would have been 56 years old today. She passed in 2009, but... uh, yeah, so this day is her, would have been a 56th birthday, and well, it kind of seems like I can't really record a show without dedicating it, or doesn't doesn't seem right. So with that, we'll get into the big uh, discussion of the day, and that is the uncertainty slash pessimism slash reality of, of will there be a college football season or not. And since we've talked to you last, uh, since we recorded last, I don't know when you listened last, but since we recorded last... Uh, the Big Ten has gone to a conference-only schedule, so has the Pac-12. The Ivy League and Patriot League have canceled all fall sports. The Pac-12 and the Big 12 have openly said they're going to delay their st- their uh, decisions, and the SEC at their media days, the commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey, said that he believes late July is the best time to make that decision regarding well what the SEC will do this season. So, For those, we're in a holding pattern. For others, we already know. Uh, I personally don't think this domino... I think we're going to see a lot of dominoes fall over the next month or so. That's my personal opinion. And yeah, that seems kind of obvious. But remember, they could just say, you know what, it is what it is. We're going to go for the money and we're going to play a full 12 games. They could very well say that. It would be the biggest PR disaster ever, but it would be something they could do. So let's just be real here. Uh... Darren, when you see from a scientific perspective, when you see these moves being made, what comes to your mind before we get to my side of this, which is the competitiveness of it,
1: in terms of like actually now uh, stopping non-conference play in attempt to to, to mitigate the spread? Um, well, to to a point, it obviously makes sense because typically your non-conference games are probably going to be a little bit farther out of your way or out of that team's way that's coming to you um, in in the greater scheme of uh, where your conference typically is, with the exception of West Virginia and the Big 12, considering they're already so far
0: out of the way. Yeah, so um,
1: yeah. But, um, so, right there, it's like, okay, that makes some sense because now you're you're not only mitigating the spread to the players from these places, uh, but you're mitigating the spread um, among the community that might start should a player have it, and not know it, and then somehow it gets there in the community. Now, I would I would hope that e- even with big oh conference play, they would have ways to uh, mitigate that as well. To well, you know, they they're not allowed to leave the locker room in certain ways, and I'm sure they do. I'm just not actively aware of certain um, aspects of this but then it also comes down to a few and i know these were jokes when i shared them but i also they make sense in the same in the same realm as they are funny um one one tweet jokingly said all right so i guess everyone's going no huddle <laughs> no one no one can huddle up and 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 get their plays off you know who that screws one, Navy. huh <laughs> because i don't yeah that's why right. i don't think they do much you no know, huddling at all they don't <laughs> and then um and then you've got now this was a joke but i also it also made me think about it in the sense uh the joke said that uh well i uh, we've done it guys after after 6 months we finally figured out that the that only non-conference games spread covid-19 So, from that aspect, it's a joke. But I also agree in the sense that if you're going to cancel those, that risk is still there with all of the other games you're playing. It doesn't matter that it's in Indiana instead of Texas or something like that. Um, That risk is still there. So, from that standpoint, despite that coming off of a joke, the logic can can be slightly let to in the sense that why why is that the first thing to go? Why non-conference games? What's so mean... I, I get that there are a lot of non-conference games that relatively are meaningless. But there are some that are definitely ones that everyone wants to end up seeing during the year. Um, so... I kind of question it, but at the same time I see on the other, on, on the other side, why it need the uh, game. The schedule needs to be cut back. Uh, and that being the logical choice, because those are the games that you're not guaranteed every year. Anyway, obviously you have to play against your schedule, uh, division or your conference every year. That's, that's the point of the conferences. Uh, but if they're really serious about mitigating the spread, i would expect either full-on cancellation, you know, pushing it back, or trying to implement even more safety measures. I just saw something yesterday, I think I shared it to you, with, where the NFL is apparently partnering, working on partnering with uh, Oakley to add face shields onto the helmets. Now, based on the model I saw in that article, I don't think that's going to make a difference because it pretty much looked like there were just holes all through them. As if somehow a piece of plastic in front of your face, where when you can still you know have airflow in below your helmet, is going to affect your ability to breathe. But I don't know. Again, I'm not an athlete really uh, comparatively to these people, so maybe it does affect them. But uh, based on that model, I didn't see how that was going to help. However, the concept. Uh, could be useful. And, you know, if the NCAA adopted that, should it become a thing in the NFL, then maybe they're in the right direction.
0: I I was thinking about the, the question you asked about why just cancel non-conference games. And I thought about this, the intent is still to have a playoff, right? Mm -hmm. In college football, they want to have a playoff. So if you're going to have this, then you, if you play a conference season you can set up a conference championship game and have it be legitimate because conference championship games don't take into account your non-conference schedule. You can bomb your non-conference schedule and win every conference game and all of a sudden you're playing for a conference championship. It's happened before. Mm -hmm. So that would be my best guess in terms of we can still have a conference championship game. We can still crown a conference champion. We can still present it to a playoff committee and say, hey, here's the Big Ten champion. He's the ACC champion. He's the Big Twelve champion. He's the SEC champion. Pac-12 doesn't really matter. They're not going to get into the playoff anyway, unless something miraculous happens. I'm not even going to mention them. So, I just and I'm being honest. So they're so far behind. Unless USC gets on a roll, Uh, here's the thing. That would be my main guess. And you brought up a good point too. Is that most non-conference games don't matter? Let me list some of the games off the top of my head that we are missing because of the Big Ten going uh, con- the to conference only. Ohio State at Oregon. I wanted to see that. Uh, West Virginia hosted Mar- was
1: hosting Maryland. The resumption that, of that rivalry. Yeah, that's that one, a big game. I, I that that game my freshman year where they pretty much. They, they put over 50 points on on us. That's still salty, despite the fact that we've beaten them since. I'm still salty yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, I am too. Uh, let's see
0: other games. Penn State, Virginia Tech. I didn't even realize that game was on the schedule, but I got really excited when I saw it. Then I realized, oh, wait, not this year. Uh, uh, Mich- Michigan, Washington, I think. Notre Dame, Wisconsin, I think. So, just look at those, those, those games. Those are big games. Now, you know, some, the way it is in a, uh, in a general model of scheduling, now, some uh, conferences have mandated you can't play in FCS school anymore. They're trying to kill that because they don't view that as good for the playoff. Game. They want you to have another chance to get a quality win. And that's fair. But because not everyone can schedule, James Madison, North Dakota State. You know, mm-hmm. not everyone can schedule them. Sometimes you have to play the bottom of the barrel. And no disrespect to those teams who are the bottom of the barrel, but let's be honest, there are teams there because there have to be if there would be good, that would be bad. Yep. So, uh, you know, that's the thing here is that that would be the one thing I would look at and say, okay, that's why. And, you know, it makes it's a last ditch effort and another, another thing is this too in general, when does non when does conference season start generally? Late September, <laughs> early October, right? Within, yeah but then generally. So if I'm going to do that, I am buying myself that much more time to potentially figure something out and still play as much of a season. That's the other explanation. Mm-hmm. Now there are some like the ACC I know for a fact Clemson plays two conference games still throughout the season. So does Stanford, that's a scheduling nightmare because you have to rewrite the schedule to fit them in because you can't fit in Georgia Tech and Louisville are, are um, Clemson's first two games. And I'm willing to bet that neither of them have a common bye week with Clemson. So you are either going to have to play, either going to have to write those games off and say we're not playing them, add them on to an end of the season, which is basically impossible because unless you move the conference championship game back, you're not going to have a legitimate uh. A uh, divisional champion to play in the conference championship game, or you are going to have to find a way to squeeze that game in midweek, and that's can put incredibly unfair to every athlete on on both teams. Yeah, so that's a problem. And I think going forward from this, I think we'll stop with the conference games in week one. I genuinely think that we'll stop before we at from this point on. I think most conferences will look at it and say, okay, we don't want this happening to us again. We're going to move it back. We're going to keep what we had. We're going to play non-conference uh, conference games the first few weeks of the season. And then, now, granted, Georgia Tech, Georgia, Clemson, South Carolina, those games will always be grandfathered into the last week of the season. That's going to happen. But, you know, for the most part, if we can avoid playing a, non, a conference game in week one, I think we're going to see that now. I, I just don't see a way in which you can go to everyone and say, we can still do this. I just don't see it. That's a long-term effect, but I think that's one of the main effects we'll have from this on top of realizing what we... Here's the thing, and I didn't want to bring this up, but I think don't think I can. I can't. What How they handle this going forward will determine just how much the words student-athlete actually mean. Because... If you really care about these people, you're either going to put incredible safety measures in place, or you're not going to play in the fall. If you want the money over the student athlete experience, you're playing in the fall. That's what's gonna. I'm gonna. We're gonna find out real quick just how much these schools really care about these athletes. Mm-hmm. And and I don't. I don't think we're gonna like the answer.
1: No, I mean, g- given the given the pushes that we're seeing uh, already for just public schools, just K-12 through schools to open up and and the measures I'm seeing, well, or lack thereof rather, of measures that I'm seeing in West Virginia alone where it's pretty obvious that these people in the Board of Education and anyone else in those higher-ups don't seem to care uh, especially given that our own uh, Betsy DeVos who everyone just loves, um, pretty much openly said that, oh, yeah, 15,000 kids dying because we decided to, to force everyone into schools during a pandemic, that's acceptable. No. And, and I can only imagine, as, as horrible as this is to say, that quite a few people in the college aspect think the exact same thing. And frankly, that's infuriating.
0: I'd like to see them tell that to someone sending their kid back to campus, like me. My brother's going back to campus. I'd like, to them, I'd like for them to look me in the eye and say, I don't care if your brother dies. Because I do. I care a lot. So, yeah, and look, we without getting into a major discussion about the policies of West Virginia, Virginia University, uh my dad and I were talking about this the other night. We're both in favor of WVU going online for and just canceling the on-campus fall semester. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense to to be on campus at all. And I could say the same thing for most every college in the country. Yeah, I, I
1: agree. And and my my own uh advisor and a few uh friends of mine who have parents that are in in the university uh faculty Aren't optimistic that they're going to remain open should they actually start the season open. They're not optimistic, and they from from what they're saying, their high ups aren't optimistic, uh, despite the plans for the university having uh, well, that they have in place. Uh, you know, providing all the students that, uh, uh, educational material and you know PPE and stuff like that. Uh, I'm given the current trend. We're sitting at a point in the already in the U.S. where Florida has now become the world's epicenter uh, of the of the virus, the outbreak. Uh, We're seeing daily highs, basically every daily record highs um, since the start of the outbreak in cases across the country, Uh, and all of this stuff. It's it's not looking good. I mean, they Governor Justice just now shut down bars and stuff in Mon County again because it's getting. It's starting to get so bad here um, comparatively. So given the current trend and it's mid-July and stuff's supposed to start back in you know, generally mid-August, I don't think this is going to be ready in a month to safely open up anything.
0: Yeah, I don't either. And if we're going all online, you have no choice but to cancel athletics. You cannot put these kids out there and say, go play a football game while the rest of your classes are online. I just can't do it. There's no way. And look, I'm gonna be the first to admit, without college football on Saturdays, I'm going to be lost. Okay? I will have no idea what the heck to do with myself. Absolutely none. I might just go crazy. But I would admit it's the right call. Exactly. There there's no other way around it. Quite honestly, I've had I had a thought I never thought would pop into my head. I've come to the conclusion where canceling the season might be the best option. And I never thought I'd say that, never, not just for a pandemic, but for anything. I never thought I would say those words or have
1: that thought. Yet I had that thought multiple times over the last week. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I've I've said here just thinking the same thing that like no n- any fan does none of none of us I would imagine want to see a cancellation, but I would hope that quite a few of us, in, I mean, at least including us two. Uh, understand that should it happen, it is it is the right thing to do. Uh, it, it's it's just... A, it's it's a thing where their health and their safety and their family's health and safety to extend uh, is, is far more important than our entertainment. There are far more th- uh, things we can do to entertain ourselves uh, despite ha- not having a season should that happen. And... As hor- as as boring as that sounds, and how uh, ex- excited we are to see a season, uh, I, I I'm not going to be surprised if they cancel it, and I'm going to I'm going to understand that it's the right thing uh, to do. Should they cancel it? Exactly. This this
0: already feels different. So yesterday was supposed to be the start of SEC media dates, and it was. And I woke up and I actually forgot about releasing my American Athletic Conference um, coaching rankings until like noon yesterday. Because I was uh, just sitting around and and, in nearly first day meetings, I am I am wired. I am ready to talk about college football. I have my preseason magazine in my hand. I am following along with coaches talking and it just felt so different yesterday. It almost felt like there was nothing there. And, and it's it's one of those things where you go yeah okay they did it virtually and they're doing it online and I'm not a credential media member so I don't have a pass but it's just like this feels different and it and it's it's not a good feeling either it, it it honestly it sucks because you you know when you watch that last play of the national championship game in January your your only thought is well there are two thoughts you have one man the season's over and then about a second later you go Bring on next season. Bring on National Signing Day. Bring on Spring Football. Bring exactly. on everything. I'm ready to go. It, 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 and you and you go through all of that. Spring Football was canceled, but we still had that talk of okay, we're going to play a season. Everything nothing had been canceled yet, and here we are about a month out from Week Zero, and it's just, oh crap, we're not doing this.
1: Yeah, and it's it's horrible because we could have been doing this about a you know about a month ago. It was seeming that this was starting to get under control. So someone screwed up, multiple people screwed up and now we're here sitting at the you know the brunt of it and and we're going to start seeing it hit more, you know, throughout the next month. And it would it would be irresponsible to to carry on if this trend remains even in two weeks, I, it, it, two weeks from now, we're still sitting at close to record highs. I, I, I'm calling it that there's not going to be a season.
0: I'm with you. How, here's the question, though, before we get into the other, like, more football aspect of this. How much would it have to change to you to where you could justify playing a season? What would you have to see
1: from your mind? It would have to be, if we're talking about just raw caseload, it would have to be back down below where it was a month ago, because that's where we looked that's, like we were getting things down. That's impossible, and it, it it really is. It it's absolutely impossible. I mean, just straight up understanding exponential growth. That's not happening. We're not getting back down low that quickly. And and before and I know someone someone out there is thinking, oh, but if we stop testing, no, just shut up. If you say that, shut up. That's that's all I'm saying because you're wrong. Testing is important. Testing will catch these cases early and stop the spread. If we stop testing, we become ignorant. It's the same thing of me going, oh, well, if I don't go to the doctor, I'll never find out if I have cancer. It's the same thing. And I'm to the... push off going to the doctor sometimes.
0: So am <laughs> so I. But the uh, thing is, when you're traveling four hours, you really can't push that off. <laughs> uh, you can try it, but it's not going to work. Yeah. Uh, you know, we knew there'd be a rant today. We just didn't know who. We figured out who. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're right. And here, here's my coaching aspect of this. To have a season of only conference games is incredibly unfair on multiple levels. And I know what you're saying. College football is inherently unfair. Yes, that is true. Because other teams have stronger schedules, and they and they schedule how far out in advance, and you never know who's going to be good and what isn't. That's true. But think about this. If I'm – everyone but the SEC plays nine conference games. The SEC still plays eight. The SEC generally schedules a Power Five, a a, a group of five, and then two FCS schools in general. Or a Power Five, a two uh, a FBS uh or and, and and an SCS school. So the SEC does not beef up their schedule in non conference because their argument is well we have a tough conference, we don't need to do that. And that's fair. There's nothing wrong with saying that but here's the thing. If I'm playing a non a conference only schedule across the board, let's just say that's what they go with. Everyone plays a conference only schedule we start in late in early October and we go from there. Well okay here's what that happens. If I've got an eight no SEC team and and a nine and, and an eight and one Big Twelve team, fighting for that last spot, who gets in? Because am I going to say, well, you you didn't you lost it, you didn't lose a game in the SEC, or you lost a close game in the Big Twelve, but you had that extra game? Who are we going to say that? And let's yeah. not forget about our friends at Notre Dame. Notre Dame's an, an independent. They unless the ACC includes them in their conference only schedule. Notre Dame will be forced to sit out this season because they will probably end up having schools cancel on them every which way. Yeah. Do you really – if you're college football, do you want to go a whole year without Notre Dame playing a game? Answer, no. You do not want that. Whether you like them or not, they are a big draw and they will get people to watch the sport. Exactly. You want that. So, if you're going to tell Notre Dame – that they're not arguably one of the biggest. You can make a case, no names the biggest program in the country. You can make that case. So, if you do you want the biggest program in the country out of the season, and do you want to have a committee that's looking at it and saying, Well, you know, you've only got eight games here and you play nine games here. Do you really want all
1: that? No, no, that you don't. That that throws in way too many winches. And the and and you were sitting here asking me about this, and I still don't really have a, a, an appropriate answer. Exactly. But I do know that my one response was if you if anyone sits there and says, "Oh, well that one game can be shrugged off, then why did you play it?" If you can exactly. shrug off a game because it's one extra game over another team that happens to be undefeated, why play it if if you're going to shrug it off? And, and I'm not saying it will be shrugged off, but if it was a case that it was shrugged off and said, "Oh, well they 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 came close to losing to number 7 in the or, they came close to beating number seven in the country hypothetically uh speaking here or metaphorically speaking here yeah and and this team this undefeated uh, s e c team is eight no and, and and number five in the country or some stuff, and the other guy let's say is number six um, and is well, eight one yeah. and is eight and one but came close then well. Theoretically, in that standpoint, then that guy probably wouldn't make it in, of course. But uh, but let's say that that loss was earlier in the season, and now it comes down to, we're basically sitting at four versus five here, who gets in. Um, Yeah, if you're going to sit there and go, well, they were close to winning, and they're eight and one, and these guys didn't play that ninth game, uh, or vice versa, these guys played that ninth game and lost, uh, and things like this, that... One, that makes yeah makes it way too complicated. But then in the instance where you say, eh, it doesn't matter because they played an extra game when this team didn't, then you shouldn't have played that extra game at all.
0: There's a phrase I love surrounding college football, and I will point to Ohio State that first year in the playoff, the 13th data point. Remember what Ohio State was sitting at, like number five in the country, going into that last game? And they had to beat this Wisconsin Big Ten title game to get into the playoff. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember what happened in that game? Fifty nine nothing Ohio State. Yep, they beat up Wisconsin, sent them back with their tails behind their but the tail between their legs. That's what got Ohio State in the playoff, and they won the thing. So do you mean to tell me that that extra game doesn't mean something? I'm gonna call bull crap on that because it obviously means something, and the committee's proven that. Yeah. That 13th data point means something. And the committee is on record as saying that there are criteria for determining who makes the playoff will not change. So if you're not changing your your criteria and you're not changing that, then how can you justify saying that the SEC playing eight games will not be a hindrance, hindrance to them or that the other conferences playing nine will be a, uh, will be a, a, a tick in their favor. You can't. Mm-hmm. So unless you want to just say the SEC gets one non-conference game to uh, balance it out, which would be completely unfair for multiple reasons. Yep. Uh, no, you just can't. There's no way yeah. you can play a season in this, unless you're going to yeah. tell the SEC, sorry, you can't play in this playoff. You just have mm-hmm. to play amongst yourselves and, and celebrate yourselves, which they would it, probably
1: do. And it kind of comes down to, in its own way, when you're mentioning this this 13th data point, well – I've pretty much always believed since the start of the playoffs that if you're not a conference champion, you have no right being in the college playoffs. Granted, we've seen that once or twice, especially once in what Ohio state getting over Penn state, uh, despite the fact that Penn state was the conference champion and had had beaten Ohio state that year. Correct. Yeah. So uh, despite that happening, so it almost, it's almost an argument Against the, not that I'm saying we shouldn't use a 13th data point, but it kind of is contradictive uh, to what yeah. they say because they don't seem to hold true to that either. So it it throw, further throws a, a, a just just another extra wrench into that cog. Where if they say that these these things aren't going to change, how much more will that uh, this weird scenario screw up everything? Where teams that we as a fan base can sit and say. These guys should one hundred percent be in. There's no reason these guys should not be in the playoffs, and then they get kicked out, and the entire nation's angry because they know a team that rightfully deserved to be there is kicked out.
0: Let's paint this picture, okay? Let's say everyone goes to conference only. Clemson wins the ACC at ten and zero, including the conference championship game. Alabama wins the SEC at nine and zero. USC wins the Pac twelve at seven and at eight and two. Ohio State wins the Big Ten at 10-0. and Oklahoma wins the Big 12 at 9-1. and Who gets left out? USC's out because they have two losses. Okay, so you're down to this. Let's say you've got Georgia is the SEC runner-up at, uh, at 8-2, and losing to Alabama in the, in the uh, game and loss, and they lost to Florida, let's just say. As you said, their, their other loss. 8-2 is pretty good, and Florida's supposed to be pretty good this year, too. So, you know, Georgia would have a case. Let's say Wisconsin is the, Pac- is the Big Ten runner-up. Same record as Georgia, lost to Ohio State. Clemson will probably win the ACC without much of a fight, so I'm not even going to list who is runner-up there. And I'd say the same thing for Oklahoma. Again, in the Big 12, I don't like saying that, but I challenge you to give me someone who would be a challenge to them right now. No one. Uh, so I've got Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia, and Wisconsin as my top six. Who gets in? That's the thing. You don't know, do you? No, because nope. you, you're trying to figure out: Does Georgia belong in? Because they lost Alabama in a close game. Or Do we put Wisconsin in? Because they played that extra game with Ohio State. You know mm-hmm. who? How do we get it in? You, thing is, we don't know. And I'll grant it. I didn't tell you who wisconsin you know i didn't list game by game or anything but still that's the basic scenario here yeah and yeah specifics do matter it matters whether wisconsin got blown out or whether they lost a close game to like minnesota or whatever mm-hmm. but still that and you know how you play on the field matters it's not just raw data but exactly. still there's there's something to be said for all that confusion and we've got you know And one lost Big Ten team over an undefeated SEC team. Well, I'm sorry, but you only played eight games. There is a severe problem there.
1: Yeah, because at that That point, if you use the eight no and only playing eight games against them, you're faulting them for something they literally had no control over. Exactly. But don't we do that anyway?
0: Don't we do that anyway with uh, strength of schedule? Because you can schedule a team 10 years in advance and think that team's going to be great. And then they're absolute dog crap and you go, wait. This isn't the game we wanted. Like, yeah. and I don't, I don't mean offense to Florida State, but Florida State scheduled to play West Virginia in the first season, in the first game of the season. I guarantee you, when they scheduled that game, when both teams did, they probably thought we're going to be in good shape. This is going to be a really big game to start out the year. And what's going to happen if that game gets played? Florida State's a new coach, Neil Brown's in his second season coming off a of five and seven year. We don't know what we're going to get there. Yep, that game was completely different than when it was scheduled that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So we already do that, but you're right. In this instance, it's so short-term, there's no solution uh, outside of canceling it and going on and going about your business, playing it in the spring hopefully. But here's the thing, if you play in the spring, guys like Trevor Lawrence won't play. And they shouldn't, because Trevor Lawrence has himself a draft date next next spring. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's so, a shoe to be drafted. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably number one, unless someone just completely jumps off the board. So, here's the thing. Do you value having a season now with all these big stars? Or do you want to just continue what college athletics should be, which is we don't care who's playing so long as we're playing it and doing it safely, as in spring? That's the big question. Yeah. And, again, I don't think we'll like the answer.
1: No. I mean, as much – it comes back to the same thing. As much as I would love to see – Trevor Lawrence finish it out, a bunch you know, mountaineers that could very well, you know, go off into the draft, uh play it out and should they choose not to do so if it's pushed back, uh and all of these other, you know, high impact stars that make the sport exp- exciting at this point, uh decide, well, I'm gonna get I'm looking to get drafted in two two or three months. If I get injured now, I I'm screwed. Uh it's it's necessary if it happens to get pushed back to the spring and we start seeing this happen it's it's basically the equivalent of i'm playing a meaningless bowl game so i'm gonna sit out because i expect to get drafted and i don't want to hurt my stock uh and in the past i i was not sure i understood that but now before this point of realization of course um i i realized that it it is important. These, these students are trying to make a living out of this game, just like all of us are trying to make a living doing our thing. And if there's one thing, if if there's one thing that we know uh, that will help us get there or, or should something go wrong or keep us from getting there, we we try to avoid it. If it's going to hurt. And if a spring season is going to hurt these, these athletes should they decide and they decide not to play, then that's just how it's going to go. I mean, we'll get to see some of the younger guys and maybe that'll be even more exciting for all we know.
0: Exactly. Who knows? I mean, it was, isn't that the beauty of this? Some kid that you never thought would be anything comes up and leads the team to a good season. And and next thing you know, he's the Heisman favorite next year. Isn't that what makes the sport fun? Yeah. I mean, that's the whole, that's
1: one of the main reasons I love college football is you literally never know what's going to happen. It's so much more unpredictable than the NFL. Granted, the NFL is definitely unpredictable. But the NCAA, I I swear, even if you think you've got it on lock, well, what's going to happen? You probably won't. I've been been bitten by that a few times. (laughs) i run my mouth,
0: and the next thing I know, I'm coming back in on that Monday and looking like a complete fool of myself. (laughs)
1: Been there, done that. There there was one time. This is the only time. Well, I swear, actually, there were two separate occasions. And this might actually be in the same year, so it might be one occasion. I'm getting my timelines messed up. However... There was one time I can think of where I was correct on every single New Year's Six game. There was just something about that year where I just knew this this, this was going to be the case. I got every one of them correct. And I got – I think I might have done this the same year. I got the national champion uh, correct because I I think it was – yeah, it was the year that LSU and Alabama played. Uh, in the title game after LSU oh, yeah, barely squeaked out that victory against Alabama by like field goals. It was literally like a nine to six game. Yeah. And I, and I, everyone, everyone, pretty much everyone that was sitting there going, Oh yeah. LSU beat Alabama already. Clearly they're going to win the championship. And I'm sitting there thinking, you're going to sit here and tell me that Nick Saban is going to not understand how to change his scheme To prevent a nine to six low ball game, you think he's going? Yeah, good luck with that. That's just a thing that's going to happen. Like, and this is while Nick Saban had hadn't won that many championships at that point, but obviously, you still understood how how good of a coach he was and how great of a coach he was. I'm like, this this isn't something you're going to see again. It was a defensive slugfest, and that was great. Like, in in my perspective, a defensive slugfest is as exciting as an offensive slug vest, but I'm like, there's, there's no way that's going to happen again. It's, it's not going to happen. And I guarantee you Nick Saban's going to figure out a plan and get their revenge and win that national championship. Well, what what happened? They went and won that national championship. Yep. Uh, Very rarely am I that correct. I had a
0: similar (laughs) moment. I was in that same nose the next season after that. I did a uh, bowl pick challenge with a few friends from uh, high school. I got every game right on New Year's Day. Every single game right. But here's the thing, I still finished like second. <laughs> so it's like I went 6-7-0, and oh, and then it just didn't matter. And I was several games behind. It's just like, well, oh. this is great.
1: <laughs> but yeah,
0: and, and granted, bowl games are an entirely different animal. They are different from any regular season game, but it's still the same basic principle, which is – if you think you know what's going to happen,
1: you were in for a major surprise. Yep. Like, just like the uh, what, TCU and Oregon back in like 2013 or 2014. Oh, yeah. That where, game. Where Oregon was winning literally like 40, 45 to nothing at halftime. And then they, cr- they they literally crapped the bed and TCU came back and pretty much blew them out the second half and, and won in, I think, overtime. overtime. That
0: sounds right. Or um, let's that's uh, another thing. Speaking of Oregon – Remember the Do you remember the Auburn Oregon national championship game twenty eleven? Yes. Okay, so everyone thought that was going to be an offensive, an offensive shootout, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They hmm That game ended twenty two nineteen. That's not an offensive shootout. That's a defense. That's a that's a semi defensive slugfest.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And again, proving this: if you say it's going to be one thing, it's going to be a different thing. If we think we're going to have, you know, a seventy uh, a seventy a seventy fifty three game we're not. We're going to probably have like a 13-10 game or something like that. Yeah. So you know, the, the 70-63 game against Baylor, I was the manager of the Okio football team at that point and I was talking to a few of the coaches before the game and they asked me what my uh, prediction was. I said 38-35 West Virginia. And uh, one of them came up back to me and said, I didn't ask you the halftime score. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah. I thought I got a good kick out of that, but yeah, it just, again, it shows you like, and again, 70 points to us was almost like another, another dimension. It was like, it was not something we ever thought it would be possible. Like 56 is a lot. Yeah. Then you go like laying 70 on someone who does that. Oh wait, we do. So, (laughs) you know, it's like, okay, we did it. And even once we did it in in the orange Bowl, I think that was like, I think at least to me, I was like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. We're never going to do it again. Then what happens? That same calendar year, they do it again. Yep. They almost lost that game, too. They gave up 30 more points, but still, he laid 70 on someone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Somewhere the basketball
1: team was going, hey, you stole our score. Exactly. Like, when I see those numbers, the first thing I think of is, who let the basketball team on the field? Exactly. That's the exact same thing.
0: Let's move on. Uh there is a quote that you had sent me one uh, night in the past week. Do you have that quote
1: with you? Yes. Oh so, right. Take the take the floor. Okay. So this this is this is kinda of tying to my or our collective uh wear a mask, stay home if you want sports and all this. I saw this in a in a Sports Illustrator article and it was related to the, the Ivy League's decision to uh, postpone the season and then we, we visit it in the beginning of the spring semester. Um, it, it ends with the, with this paragraph and honestly it, I could not have said this better myself. So I'll, I'll, I'll start it. So it says, quote, one of the oldest aphorisms in sport is to respect your opponent And America didn't respect COVID-19. Not enough to stay quarantined and wear masks and do what it had to do. Complacency, arrogance, and stubbornness didn't get the job done. And now the increasingly costly bills for that disrespect are coming due. Honestly, I couldn't have said it better myself. We're sitting here and seeing people blatantly ignore the fact that masks and staying home and not going to the ball. note to everyone, it's much cheaper to go get, to get drunk by yourself at home than it is to go to a bar with a bunch of sweaty people. Just just a note there. Um, so these, these people are just blatantly ignoring it. And I've seen in, in the comments where people are like, oh, but I can't breathe. If you can't breathe in a mask, you shouldn't be the one out there anyway. If you're having trouble breathing in a mask that already doesn't restrict the amount of oxygen that's coming through to begin with, you shouldn't be out. Uh, the second thing being, so someone decided to, to use the uh, the excuse, and this isn't a, a gun rant or anything, but the excuse that, oh, if I wear a mask, I'm not allowed to conceal carry. Uh, well, in the event of a public health crisis, that's absolutely not the case. Sure, some states have the the that law in place where you're not allowed to wear a face mask. But in the event of a public health crisis, that trumps everything. Wear your mask. You can still carry your gun if you're really that uh, uh, worried about your right to carry a gun um, and all of these things. And we're seeing it now hit us the hardest and threatening our football season. And a lot of the people that want football back are totally ignoring this reality. And I'm You know what this is?
0: <laughs> you know what this is? This is playing an FCS program like North Dakota State. You can do an FCS program when you're going to run up to them. Then all of a sudden, what happens? They beat you. Yep. This is the exact same thing. This is saying, oh, it's an FCS school. We're going to beat them. And look, ask Michigan how that went with Appalachian State. It didn't go well for them. Just go and ask Michigan, okay? And here's the thing. They got – remember how that game ended? Michigan was going for a field goal, okay? So I don't remember if they were going to tie or win the game. And what happens? Appalachian State blocked the field goal. Michigan had it good. They were going for the win or the tie. And then all of a sudden, Appalachian State blocked it. That's what happened here now. It's a perfect game mm-hmm. to ref to, to go with this. Michigan yeah. goes down. They think they've got it covered, and Appalachian State comes back and blocks the kick and wins the game. Yep. This, we're on that last, we're on that final drive to see if we can win the game. We have the ball at like our own four yard line right now. We've got to get into field goal range. Can we do it? The answer is yes, but we have no time to waste and we don't have any time out. We've got to get this going now. Exactly. So let's change gears completely here. And let's talk about the biggest news in the professional football world. And that is the end of the Washington Redskins name. Your dad's a Redskins fan. I went to college with the Redskins fan. I have no ill will against the team, but I'm not a fan of them. Hence, this is not, this is the Patriots in West Virginia, this is not the Redskins <laughs> podcast. Yep. Although I'm sure if your dad was on, he would make it one. Uh. So let's, First of all let's, let's let's ask the big question when I I don't remember who reported it to who but when we both found out that they were changing the name you thought what
1: Honestly I I wasn't surprised because this is this has been a thing that people have, have pretty much been asking for for a while and I've I've looked into the reasons why originally I wasn't I wasn't sure I understood it but I I looked into it more and I I <laughs> fully understand that this is a derogatory term, whether people choose to accept it or not. And frankly, it's understanding all of this. It's a surprise that it didn't happen sooner. Um, So people have argued that, Oh, but I think a native American designed the, the logo. Well, that's not the point. Um, So I, I think it needs, needs to be done. And I mean, I, I, I frankly have no idea how my dad would feel about it or how he does. I haven't asked, but uh, now I'm just kind of looking forward to what kind of name can they think of? What's going to, to be an appropriate name? What's going to maybe honor whoever they're trying to honor if they are. Um, Heck, I shared that one thing uh, with you about uh, the, someone trademarking a bunch of random names already. Oh yeah. Uh, And the first one that literally I saw and I actually saw someone tweet about this, um, how it would be kind of cool um, because I guess these are a, a an endangered species, uh, the Washington Red Wolves. And I saw that and I'm like, I would actually, that would actually be a fun name to have. And, it, and I didn't fact check this, uh, whether the Red Wolves were endangered or not, but if they are, that's even cooler in my opinion. Uh, not that, that that necessarily will be the team name, but for those few that I saw, I'm going to say I'm leaning towards that one.
0: I, I like the Washington Warriors. I really do. That would be I'd – be, I'd be fine with that. Another one that I'm not entirely opposed to is the Washington Red Tails. I'm really not because that I saw a uh, – you can still keep the, uh, the script art that, that they use uh, in the logo – you can still keep that basic circle that they had the Indian head in. Mm-hmm. And then instead of having like the feathers coming down, you could have like the wings extending out of it. That would look really cool. And you can still keep the same because I heard the intent was to keep the same colors. Yeah, just change the logo and the name. So if you're trying to do that, it already fits you into You can still keep that script R, like I said. You can just change the logo a little bit. It's not a massive change. Uh, I, if, if it was the Washington Red Tails, I would be more than fine with that. The Red Wolves, I'd be fine with that. Mm-hmm. The Warriors, I'd be fine with that. I think everything yeah. else is kind of just, uh, well, okay, big deal. Yeah. But I'm with you. I wasn't really surprised by this. I'm coming from a different perspective from you. because I'm an Atlanta Braves fan. And there's been talk of the Braves changing the name of the, And the team has said we're not doing that. The team, though, has been in discussion with uh, Native American tribes. So they say there are some conflicting reports uh, over the use of the tomahawk chop. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, tomahawk chop is used in Atlanta. It actually came from Florida State when Deion Sanders signed for the Braves uh, while playing for the Falcons as well. Tomahawk chop is real simple. You take your right arm. And you and you act like you're making a chopping motion, and you go oh, 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 and they play music around that. So this is the debate that's been going on for a while. This is not new in Atlanta, and I've seen this multiple times in my time as a fan. But the most recent thing before the Redskins brought momentum to this cause was during last year's division series. When Ryan Hensley, a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals, who is a member of the Cherokee Nation, said he finds it to be dehumanizing and they think they should stop it. The Braves went with it. The Braves, normally they have foam tomahawks. They lay on seats. So that's what you use uh, to do the chop instead of just your hand uh, in playoff games or in big games. Uh, They did not do that for game five of the division series. Uh, And they did not play the music. They basically... Didn't They basically said, we're not going to do it. That was the first game back in Atlanta since he made that comment, so that was the only game they had a chance to do it at. I'm not trying to correlate it, but I just find it incredibly ironic. The Braves were beaten 13-1 to in that game and knocked out of the playoffs in emphatic fashion. The Cardinals scored 10 runs in the first inning. I remember listening to that game on the way to get my brother from WVU, and I just was hanging my head in pure despair. It's like, come on, just get a run, and it's like one after the other. After the other, it's like... Can we get an out? Thank you. It's
1: <laughs> kind of like uh, how uh how what Oklahoma felt when we watched that yeah. baseball game. Yeah, when, really. When they came to town. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but
0: again, I'm not pointing his comments as the reason the Braves lost. The Braves pitching was awful that day. They couldn't keep them off base. They were giving away walks, and I'm going to recap that game now. If I don't stop, but it, it's <laughs> it's just it's not why, but it's just it's kind of ironic, but. The Braves have been discussing about stopping that, and I'm not a big fan of that because it's just something I've grown up with. But I will say this. If they kept the team name and just abandoned the tomahawk chop, I would get used to it. It would be weird if I didn't do it after a home run or during a pitching change or when there's a runner on base in a big situation. It would be weird. But it only started in the 90s uh, when Deion got there. It didn't come from Milwaukee. Uh, down to Atlanta when the team moved in 66. But here's the thing. Before, when they moved to Atlanta in 66, up until like the mid to the early 90s in the, in the 1991 or 92, I forget which one, uh, worst the first Braves that ended up playing. For, it was 91. The worst to first Braves. They were in last place in like August and then made their way back up to the standings and won the division. It, it that's a symbol that chop became synonymous with a successful team that won like 15 straight division championships and a world series in 1995. Mm-hmm. It's not directly tied to the team's success, but it's not here. It is such, it is so uh, uh tied to it almost. And the Redskins have won Super Bowls with that name, yeah. so there is something to be said for having that be there as this is our history. But, you know, I, the perspective I'm at it is I would probably get used to it, but I don't like it. And it will be weird seeing, you know, the Washington whatever playing the Giants. It will be very weird at first.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: as we go forward, it will become more and more of a, of, a, uh, of a normal thing. And I didn't know this until I did some research on this. The NCAA actually several years ago said that you shouldn't name your uh, athletic teams after, uh, after uh, Native American tribes anymore. But Florida State was, uh, and someone else was uh, grandfathered in because they had support of the from the Seminole tribe in Florida. That's yeah. the reason Florida State is still called the Seminoles, and that's where the chant originated. Like I said, Dion mm-hmm. went to Florida State; they did it, and it since migrated to Atlanta, and then the Chiefs do it in Kansas City, and I'm pretty sure people do it elsewhere. I just don't, I just don't know. Yeah. But to point all of this at one organization to me is kind of wrong, but I also understand it.
1: Yeah. And just to make, sh- just to clarify, because I'm quite sure this isn't the case. Um That's that's the only thing being discussed in the Braves' standpoint, right? That no one's yes, angry about are, the name or anything
0: they, like they, that. They, the t- yeah, the team released a statement last week, said they are not changing the name right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's that's it. Okay, but I, I personally, I think it would take a sponsorship thing like Truist, who has the. uh writes so the ballpark name or Coca-Cola for them to come out and say, hey, yeah. let's talk about this, I mean, then they would probably do it, but as of now, there's no plans.
1: Has the name itself ever been, been called derogatory or anything like that? Has anyone ever been like, oh, I'm di- directly offended by the name Braves? I mean, I, I'm personally un- unaware of any uh, potential I am derogatory uh, means to it, but... Obviously, that doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but I'm not sure. As far as I'm aware, that hasn't happened.
0: I would also like to bring this up just because I find it very interesting. Here are other names the Boston, the Atlanta Braves had. They were originally called the Boston Red Stockings. Sound familiar? Uh, <laughs> uh, from 1871 to 1875, they then they were the Boston Red Caps, the Boston Bean, Eater, Bean Eaters, the Boston Doves, the Boston Rustlers, the Boston Braves, the Boston Bees, the Boston Braves again. And then the Milwaukee Braves and the Atlanta Braves. So it's not like they have had, it's not like they've uh, not been called anything else. It's just that's what most people know them as. Yeah. Through three cities, they're the only they're the only organization in baseball to have won uh, a World Series in three different cities, which is actually kind of cool. Yeah. So, but to to my knowledge, there has not been anyone openly saying I am offended by this name. I could be wrong though. Okay.
1: Oh, uh, for fact-checking myself, the Red Wolf is an endangered species.
0: Ah. And fun fact, while we're on it, it's kind of ironic that I brought up the Washington Redskins because they were originally called the Boston Braves when they were up in – they shared the Braves Stadium, the the baseball team. and They were called the Boston Braves in 1932. They moved to Fenway in 1933, making the Boston Redskins – then in 1937 they moved to washington and became the washington redskins ever since so it's just again I'm, it's it's worth noting There's these two are in many ways tied to the same thing tied together but it mm-hmm. is worth uh, it is worth noting just it's a little fun fact yeah so oh, oh you got some I say
1: some small patriots news just because uh this is since this, this is a generally Patriots thing, we talked earlier about uh Cam Cam Newton actually going out and you know, showing he's trying oh, yeah. to, to learn the things. Uh, earlier this week I I mentioned or last week, so late last week, sorry, uh he was out throwing balls with uh In Harry, and that's pretty awesome. So uh and then I also just saw this report this morning. Um, where basically someone asked him, I think actually he was talking with um, uh, a few people, and I think Odell Beckham pretty much looked at and, and said, "Hey, you, you know who you're replacing, right?" And he's like, "Ah, you know, like he's great, <laughs> but let's let's not talk about that because that's that's just, you know, that's the Patriot way." Yeah, We're not concerned with who's on here anymore. So, but he did say that he he said uh, one thing though. Despite all of this, is that I'm gonna. Oh, he and he says this uh, basically in reference to Coach uh, McDaniel's. You're gonna be able to call some stuff that you ain't never been able to call now. Um, so, and that that's probably true. Yeah, I mean, so, you're going from a Clydesdale to a Mustang. Yeah, um, and he also said. Uh, right after that, that, um, you're, you're, you're getting a pissed off dog. Uh, why? Oh because the teams on the schedule passed him up in free agency. Didn't want to sign him. Maybe even didn't draft him, you know, or not draft him, but, uh, uh, uh hadn't talked to him in the past for anything. Sorry. Um, and especially in free agency, considering only the Browns and the Patriots talked to him. So he's, he's saying he's looking at the schedule and saying, all right, these guys are going to see what they missed by not picking me up. So he's, I'm sure he's got a chip on his shoulder for some, reason oh, I, and, and, and oh,
0: well, for I multiple so. reasons.
1: So I, frankly, uh, just, just knowing that, that kind of gets me excited because I do want to see how that, that, uh, pushes his game.
0: So to why, I think that might actually, we talked earlier about, uh, whether or not he cares. It's stuff like this that will prove to me he cares about this game, and I have no problem with wanting to show up people who who, who uh skipped you in free year. I have no problem with that, so long as that does not become the only objective oh of course that's the that's when I draw a line. There's nothing wrong, an example Brady, everyone in the league passed him up in the draft yet until recently he was a team player mm-hmm. so you know. Brady has a chip on his shoulder that has not shrunk at all. Uh you know, now it it he never really showed it in terms of being, you know, all about me. It's it's t- he he bought into Bill's message of team first, person second. And I hope Cam does that too because I think if he does he will be so much better than if he just went on, on his own. Yeah, I agree. Speaking of the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick, I was writing uh, my SEC coach rankings. Uh, finished them up last night, and I was writing uh, the uh, uh, entry for Nick Saban. I'm not going to tell you where he ranks on that list because that would spoil the entire point of, <laughs> of reading the list. Uh, you can read it at Coachberry College Football at work dot wordpress dot com. Uh, Or just search my uh, page on Facebook, Coach Barry College Football. It'll be right there. I'm releasing it after we get out of here. So, uh, I was writing and I called Nick Saban the Bill Belichick of college football. And my question is to you is, do you agree with me? And if you don't, who is the Belichick of college football?
1: I don't know if I could disagree. I mean, simply because what he's done in the time he's been in Alabama. The only other person in 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 the same time span that I could that I could argue and maybe not even that strongly is is dabo simply because two of his two of his national championship wins come off the back of of sabin but you know he also doesn't have as as many championship wins so that's if we're just looking straight at that but um i mean honestly it's 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 not that easy to find someone who who could really uh, be held up to that same standard.
0: You know who I would have said if he was still coaching? Yeah. Urban Meyer. Yeah, I mean, he'd definitely be up there. But you're right. I, it, the only other person is Dabo right now. I think I genuinely believe that Kirby Smart at Georgia will rise to Saban's level. I just don't know when it'll happen. I think he'll have to wait till Saban gets out of the game. But I, I truly believe that Georgia will win a national championship at some point under Kirby Smart, if not more than that. Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, you could argue will be that. I, I still think Lincoln Riley has to get a lot more experience to be considered a great coach. Mm-hmm. To me, it's just a really good play caller right now. Yeah. And and I don't want to sound, you know, derogatory against Oklahoma as much as I don't like them. I'm not trying to be imp- I'm not trying to be partial here. And there's nothing wrong with using the rules to your favor, but to me, Lincoln Riley has to go recruit a quarterback from high school instead of just getting one from the transfer market. Yeah, that's, I mean that's going to be that's his biggest downfall. I mean, I, I have no problem with transfer quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. It's just he's built this program on that. I don't know if they can go out and get a quarterback if he had to.
1: Yeah, I mean you, you got to have you got to have those skills too. I mean, it's always nice to have those those extra skills to beef up. In case you can't find someone in those transfer portals that want to be there, um, I mean it's also. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I, how how long has Lincoln Riley been the coach at Oklahoma? Uh, three or four years, I think. Okay, so definitely hasn't won a national title. No, because I mean no. Oklahoma's won one in recent times comparatively, but definitely not recently. Two thousand. Okay, so, I mean the closest they've gotten is the playoffs, but they've gotten pretty much obliterated every time they've made it pretty much. Um, I mean, so you definitely, you definitely won in this, in this era, this new era of college football, you've got to win a playoff game. And two, you've obviously got to win a title to even be compared to, to Nick Saban at this point. Um, Because those are, those are the end games. I mean, obviously you can have a great record. Obviously he's put out multiple Heisman trophy winners, multiple first round draft picks and he's got quite a few conference titles. But he's got to get those, those, next, those next milestones if he wants to even be p- properly considered uh, he, to be in that realm.
0: He's consistent. He's 12-2 and two in every season he's been in Oklahoma, 8-1 and and mm-hmm. in the Big 12. Yep, He's as consistent as you get. But here's the thing. He's been to three playoff games. He's lost every single one of them. Mm-hmm. He lost the Rose Bowl. He lost the Orange Bowl. He's lost the Peach Bowl. You can't go thirty-six and six is is great. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. But if you're gonna get to a playoff, you gotta you gotta win that playoff game if you're gonna take me taken seriously. Exactly. Because here's the thing. Right now, if I see Oklahoma in the playoff, I I love it because I don't think I I'm gonna beat them. Right. Because they they've not proven to me that they can win a playoff game yet. Exactly. I mean,
1: it's it's be the equivalent, its own analogous, uh, not perfectly equivalent, considering this is high school football and sports, but. A a few years ago, uh, before my my high school, Fayetteville High School, uh, closed, their football and I think basketball, both football and basketball teams, went undefeated their regular seasons. Both of them lost in the first round of their respective playoffs. And I thought to myself, a a perfect season is almost meaningless if it comes to an immediate exit in the playoffs.
0: Basically, yeah.
1: Like, it really... As awesome as perfect seasons are, if it comes down to getting in the playoffs and being one and done, then what did it almost wonders you know why why does that season even matter you know what I mean? It also
0: exposes just how how either good you thought you were and weren't or how bad you were. Yeah, the last Oklahoma national championship was two thousand. That's the last time they won a national championship. They were. uh They were selected national champion by Berryman uh, in 2003. They don't claim that national championship, though. That's one of several unclaimed championships Oklahoma has. So, yeah, it's not – it is not good. Uh, But, yeah, he's not there yet. Dabo, we know, wins games. Dabo, Mm -hmm. we know, wins national championships. And we're pretty sure Clemson's going to be good for a while after this season. We're pretty sure about that. Yeah. I, Unless something just goes haywire and the whole team gets, you know, kicked out. They're going to be good for a while. Same thing with Alabama, in, you
1: know. Yeah. In, in college football, as we said, most things, are, pretty much everything's unpredictable. If you think you know, you're wrong. However, there are always exceptions to these rules. And those exceptions at this current point are Alabama and Clemson. And arguably, we could see if LSU is good this season, we could argue LSU. But definitely, or and in this case, Oklahoma, at least in the regular season. Uh, Ohio State. And Ohio State, yep. They're going to be good. Even if you hate them, they're, they're probably guaranteed to be good. Exactly. They, they, they,
0: they thrive off your hate, it seems like, almost. <laughs> <sighs> Another show in the books. This is episode thirteen. We've done thirteen of these, there. And here's the thing: you know what? I am I'm, I'm really starting to wonder this too. If we don't have a, a college football season, what the heck this show is gonna look like? I have no idea. <laughs> I had I have I have genuinely no idea. And it's one of those things where you go, wait, how we're we gonna we'll figure that when we get there. But you know, what we did figure? we managed to kill about an, over an hour talking about all this stuff. And we only had four topics. That's not bad. Yeah, not at all. That's about 15 minutes per topic, thereabouts. That's certainly not bad. So we will be back next week. And again, I, I keep saying this, and, and and it's true now. But if we have any news surrounding the sports and COVID, particularly football, we'll pass those along to you. Uh, I, I personally don't think between now and next time we record, we will have a ruling from any other Power 5 conference. I just don't think we're going to have it. But I wouldn't be shocked if we did. The ACC, I think, is next. I think the Big 12 will wait. The ACC, because they're already talking about having an open, a, a a conference-only model. They're already talking about that. If they're all talking about it, they're going to do it. It's like retirement. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about it, you're going to do it. You may as well just go ahead and do it now. Yep. The ACC might, but I don't know about that. I, I would venture to say yes, but who knows? And really... I think we're going to go with continuing to have non-conference games canceled until the last possible minute. And then once people, once a one power five cancels the season, it's over. Once someone steps out and says, we're not playing in the fall, game over. Open your schedules up, boys. So I, I do find this very interesting, though when the Ivy League postponed and canceled the fall season, teams can still practice in modified form. Hmm. I found that very interesting because if you're not playing a game, then why are you practicing? You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Especially let's say that they don't have, let's say they determine that it's not viable to have fall sports in the spring. Well, why did I waste all my time training in the fall for something that's going to happen next fall? You know yeah. just just a had just a a little bit of a a a, a, a worth in a, a noteworthy tidbit, if you will
1: yeah and the only the only the only argument I have for that is keeping them on their toes and keeping them from being lazy, but i mean they realistically they could do that at home yeah,
0: and it's <laughs> the ivy league if you're a lazy in ivy League school,
1: you don't need to be there <laughs> also true if you you're you feel an ivy league football team or sports program. You're still mostly there to loan. Oh, here's the
0: thing. And they no, don't Vince make money.
1: sports programs either. They don't make money off football. They
0: don't. Football and basketball are non revenue sports to the Ivy League. They don't. They're the money, that's why they can do it. They're not tied to the money, and they don't actively participate in the FCS playoff. So they don't have to worry about a conference champion not being able to play for a national championship. Yeah. That's why they can split so easily. They don't have that tie in. Mm hmm. Even the here's the thing: the Ivys do this. They play their basketball games on Friday and Saturday nights so they don't have to miss school. Ivy League basketball games are only played on weekends. There's no midweek game. Even though most schools are within the New England area and they're they're really kind of compact, they only play on back to back nights on Friday night and Saturday, night so they don't miss school. The Sunday's a school night, they don't do that. Yeah. So that tells you what the priority is for the mm-hmm. Ivy Leagues. It's not it's not athletics. It's always gonna be academics. And it should be. Yeah. Quite frankly. I mean it should be. If you're but, paying
1: fifty grand a year on average for tuition, they they'll they'll focus better on academics.
0: Exactly. If I'm gonna pay you that much, I better get a quality education. Exactly. And uh you know, football teams great, yeah, rah rah, go team, but I'm focused on academics and I should mm-hmm. be, so Yeah. yeah. That's that's the big thing. And we're not talking about Harvard. We're talking about everyone. But, you know, even though when I think of Ivy League, I think of Harvard first, but that's just me. Uh, either way, that is our show for today. We'll be back next week. We'll see, like I said, we'll see what comes down the pipeline in next week or so. Uh, it's a fluid situation. It's going to be until there's a definitive answer, one way or the other, whether we're playing a season in a modified form, or we're going to pack it up and try in the spring. It's it's going to be a fluid situation pretty much until we get an answer. And we don't know when we're going to get that answer, but I, I, would would be, I would assume it would be soon because we're running out of time before we have to get things really ramped up to play a season, and I don't want to get people ramped up and then all of a sudden, two days later, stop it. That's the last... Because here's the thing, and granted, you can't change when this stuff happens, but remember... Some schools, some conferences had already started the conference basketball tournaments when they canceled the conference tournaments and then the NCAA tournament. We already had some teams playing. So, we don't want to have everyone getting ramped up because some teams that were playing on opening day, whatever, may have thought we can make a run at this thing and try to get in the NCAAs. Even though it's a rough, it's a really tough time to win like four games in four nights, it's still mathematically possible. Yeah. So, you don't want to have a team getting ready like, oh, we're gonna go play a game in a few weeks, and then, okay, guys, stop it, go home. You know, we don't want to do that. So we, the sooner we can make this decision, or we don't make it, the sooner they can make the decision and get it down to us who talk about it, the better. But I think they're gonna wait to the last minute. I don't, I don't blame them. I really don't,
1: mm-hmm. because
0: I want to have the most information I can. Now, I would rather it. I would rather have every bit of information saying one thing as opposed to acting on some that has one thing and then come like a week later and say, well, there's a window here. I'd rather know everything. I agree. If
1: that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, with these types of decisions, you've got to, you've got to get as much data as you can. You're going to get as much information that will help you make the best decision. And if, and if it takes to the last minute, as much as 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 inconvenient as that would be, it would be of the of everyone's best interest to wait. It's worth noting too that
0: yesterday, the thirteenth, was the first day that uh like really preseason camps could could start to the amount of time coaches could spend with athletes went up, yesterday,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and workouts we started and we started to really ramp up what we were doing for the season. So. I, I said this a few weeks ago, that July 15th is going to be a really important date for us. The next two weeks are going to be really important to see what the national data, national data does and what the data within, within programs does. That's, those are the two biggest things I think about in terms of national case count and case counts within individual programs and, in, and programs as a conference collective. Mm-hmm. Like in the ACC, what has Clemson got going on? What's Virginia Tech got going on? What about North Carolina, Florida State? Miami, Boston College, you know, all those other stuff. That's what I want to know. And it'll take time to figure that out. We won't know today. We'll know in two weeks. But still, that's going to be really important as we get close to the end of July. Start ramping up. Because here's the thing. Early August (sighs) is when we start talking about preseason polls. And week zero was like the last week of August. Yep. You got to get going now if you're going to make a decision. Because you don't want a team that's playing week zero like Marshall or East Carolina to ramp up and all of a sudden, like two weeks out of the game day, stop it.
1: Exactly. You don't want
0: that. So you need to make that decision now, but get as much information as you can.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We'll pres- we'll get as much information as we can about that and present it to you next week. That's what we're going to do. So, for di- uh, so for this episode, Scientific Coach Number 13, I'm Lucas Berry, signing off. Darren, take
1: us home. Stay safe. Stay sane. If you want football or any sports, wear a mask and stay home.